0: Welcome to the Nach Daily, a congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today we will discuss Parak Yod Aleph, the eleventh chapter, which really concludes the first major section of Sefer Yehoshua. It also mirrors to a great extent the previous chapter. But before we get into that, let me make one basic observation, and that is that the Bnei Yisrael enter Israel, enter Canaan, not from the north or the south but from the center, from the middle. Yericho and Ai are strategic cities in central Israel. And that's important because in entering there, Yehoshua effectively divides the land into two regions, the northern region and the southern region. We learned last parak that the southern kings formed an alliance to fight Bnei Israel, And in this parak, we'll see the same thing occur uh, among the northern kings. Had the Bnei Yisrael entered through, let's say, the south or the north of Canaan, there would have been a greater possibility for both both the northern region and the southern region to combine forces and form a much broader and more formidable coalition. Uh, and that was, thankfully, avoided. Noting this helps us appreciate the Bnei Israel's strategy in entering the land where they did, and also helps us understand why chapters 10 and 11 can be divided so cleanly between a southern campaign and a northern campaign because they were two distinct regions unable to form a broader coalition and alliance. Now let's discuss the northern campaign. Just like the southern campaign, the kings of the north, led in this case by the king of Chatzor, form an alliance to fight Bnei Israel out of fear, having learned about Bnei Israel's previous victories in battle. Hashem tells Yehoshua that the Bnei Israel will be successful and indeed, as the Perek recounts in great detail, The Bnei Israel are extremely successful, capturing many cities and defeating many foes. That's a brief summary of the events that take place here. The two Prakim, 10 and 11, seem to mirror each other to a great extent, but there are some notable differences, which I would like to highlight by placing it into a broader schema, looking at all of the battles that we have encountered thus far in Sefer Yehoshua. First, I'd like to note the increasing levels of difficulty that each battle represented to the Bnei Israel. Yericha was the first battle. Though they were well fortified, they didn't really put up much of a fight. So it was not a terribly difficult battle. Ai is the scrappy little city that could. Uh, they give Israel a little wake-up call with their courageous and aggressive soldiers, but they turn out to be little more than a blip on the screen. So... More intense than Yericho, but still not a, a truly formidable foe. Then, the Bnei Israel face the southern kings. And this here is already uh, a more frightening and potentially powerful enemy to fight. And, uh, and indeed, uh, there is a, an out-and-out war that takes place here, although the Bnei Israel swiftly are able to destroy them. And then, the southern kings are outdone by the northern kings. In what respect are the northern kings... Scarier, more frightening, more formidable than the southern kings? Well, we are told that they possess chariots and horses, which were the most uh, frightening and impressive and potentially dangerous weapons of the time. For example, the image of the Egyptian chariots drowning in the Yamsuf, which is recounted in the Shira in Az Yashir. Uh, is this kind of paradigmatic image of a world power being brought to its knees. The chariots and the horsemen uh, were the the great weapons of the time. We are not told that the southern kings have these weapons. They seem to be comprised entirely of infantrymen. And so the northern king, in this respect, surpasses the southern king. And it's no surprise that Hashem specifically in this chapter in Parak Yod Aleph has to reassure Yehoshua... That the Bnei Israel are going to be able to destroy these units in in particular, Hashem says, "Don't worry, you are going to succeed in cutting down um, their horses and their chariots." And then, after concluding the northern campaign, so we've now faced our greatest foe yet—one that has chariots and horsemen—we are then told that Yehoshua leads the Bnei Israel to the ultimate foe, and who is that? So the the Pasuk says, Yehoshua at that time goes, and he cuts down, he destroys, he kills the giants that are in the land. In a video game, this would be the boss level. Recall that when 12 spies return with their evil report in the times of Moshe, what they report is that they see that there are giants in the land. and They say, we were like... Grasshoppers in their eyes, and that was the uh, that was the most frightening thing for the Bnei Israel to hear. This was the old bugaboo that there were going to be these people in the land that were of supernatural abilities, these giants. How could we possibly conquer these giants? And now, finally, at the culmination of this upward trajectory of increasingly difficult battles, finally, at the very end, the very last thing that Yehoshua succeeds in doing. Um, is to go to Chevron uh, and to the various places in Harei Huda the, the, Judea, the Judean hills, and cut down and kill and, and rout the giants that are in the land. So we have here an unmistakable trajectory going from the least to most formidable in terms of the foes that B'nai Israel are facing. There is another unmistakable trajectory in the course of these battles, and that is a movement from maximal to minimal divine intervention. Yericho, our first battle, is fought entirely in a miraculous way. Then, the initial defeat and ultimate conquest of Ai also bears the obvious imprint of Hashem, but to a much less, uh, much lesser degree than did Yericho. The Southern Campaign features miraculous hailstorms, the sun standing still, and it also happens with an incredible rapidity, all of which, again, clearly demonstrates the divine hand throughout that process. Not so when it comes to the Northern Campaign, here in Parak There are no overt miracles, and at the same time, uh, the routing of the giants and the uh, the land uh, the giants in the land of Hebron and in the Judean hills, likewise, there are no overt miracles in fact, unlike the southern battles which happen with lightning speed, these battles take seven years they 're conducted over a seven year period so all of that put together makes it quite clear that this final campaign was done uh, with minimal. Divine intervention. Of course, we know that Hashem's hand is there, uh, guiding the process and enabling the Bnei Israel, But in terms of overt miracles, those are absent in these battles. So, we have a movement from the purely divine uh, battle of Yericho to the blended divine human battles of Ai and the Southern Kings, and then the purely human battles against the North, the, uh, the Northern Kingdoms, and the Giants. That being said, now we can just look at this kind of broad picture nice and clearly. We have a schema for thinking about all of the Israelite conquests of Canaan. They were a series of increasingly difficult battles being fought with a decreasing amount of divine intervention, or obvious divine intervention. Indeed, this is a masterfully crafted progression, whereby Hashem teaches the Bnei Israel to believe in him and themselves. That's it for today. Chazak ve'matz and happy learning.